Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Stelzner. This is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am very excited about today's show. Today, we're going to explore Twitter marketing with Mark W. Schaefer, author of the book, The Tao of Twitter. You're going to learn a lot in this interview, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But first, I have a discovery that I'd love to share with you. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. There's this cool new tool from Agora Pulse that's a free tool called Barometer. And you can discover more about it at barometer.agorapulse.com, A-G-O-R-A, pulse.com. And basically what it works is what you do is you visit this site and you go ahead and connect your Facebook account to this site and it runs an analysis of your Facebook page against hundreds and potentially thousands of other pages that are inside of this particular network. I'll give you a quick example. What I did was I went to the page, I chose socialmediaexaminer.com, and then I went ahead and um, accepted the you know, requirements, the permission requirements to allow this tool to access my page. Then what it did was it processed for about two minutes and it came back with a number of interesting statistics. For example, it tells you uh, barometer such as the fans reached percentages, your engagement, people talking about this, negative feedback, viral reach, organic reach, and click-through rates. But it compares this against other pages that are in the category that you're in. For example, for Social Media Examiner, we chose more than 100,000 fans. There's 638 other pages that were analyzed by the barometer tool. And compared to those other pages, it averages everything out. So for example, we reach an average of 9.9 percentage of our fans, where um, the average for the rest is only 7.3. Another example would be uh, our click-through rate. Our click-through rate is only 0.4%, where the others are 2.5%. It may be because we do a lot of um, asking questions that don't necessarily have clicks. But this is an interesting tool that's free to use. And that allows you to kind of get a quick barometer of where you are in relative comparison to other pages that are your size. And you can, there's a drop down menu, for example, I can choose 51 to 100,000 fans, all these different categories to kind of see where the relative uh, barometer meeting, uh, readings are for a page. I think it's an interesting tool that's worth checking out. Again, it's barometer.agorapulse.com. And if you forget, the links, don't worry, they'll be in the show notes, and I'll tell you how to get those a little bit later. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. 
So with that, let's transition over to today's interview with Mark Schaefer. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I am excited to be joined today by Mark Schaefer. And if you don't know who Mark is, he's the author of a couple books. Return on Influence is his latest book, and he's also written The Tao of Twitter, which I think is in its second edition. He's also a marketing faculty member at Rutgers University, and he blogs over at businessesgrow.com. Mark, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here with you, Mike. So, Mark, and for everyone that's listening, today we're going to talk about Twitter. And we're going to talk about Twitter marketing and how it can help the business folks that are listening right now. So, Mark, Twitter's been around for a very long time. You've been on it for a while. I've been on it for a while. Where does Twitter fit into the marketing strategy for businesses these days? You know, the, the, the thing about Twitter that's so amazing is that it can do so many different things. Um, it, it's a great learning tool. It's a great place to um, keep up with the news. I mean, the news really breaks on Twitter these days. And, and all of those are legitimate business purposes. But I think the biggest one, and I think really the, the guideline I use when I work with my clients is networking, mm. personal networking. And when, when I talk to clients, I'll ask them, are you the type of business that can benefit from going to a, a chamber of commerce meeting or a local networking meeting? And if you are, then that is the right kind of business to be on Twitter. Not to say that there isn't you know, every kind of business. You can't generalize, but I think for sure, if you're the type of business that can benefit from personal networking, Twitter should be something that you consider. A while back, Mark, I interviewed Rick Dragon, and we were talking about um, some of the psychology involved with the, the whole social media world. And uh, small talk was one of the things that he focused in on. And what's kind of interesting, and from my own personal experience, is this can be a really solid way to build relationships with people, whether you're a brand like Social Media Examiner or whether you're an individual like Mark Schaefer. Mm -hmm. And I find that just, for example, uh, thanking people or um, just answering back when someone has something to you, arguably a small talk because it's limited to 140 characters, but mm -hmm. it goes a long way, doesn't it, towards it, building it, that brand it loyalty? It does. And here's the thing that's unique and exceptional about Twitter for business. And that is if you... I mean, how do you build a following on Facebook or how do you even build a following for your blog? It's very, very difficult. It takes a lot of effort to, to pull people over to your site. But on Twitter, you can find them. There are lots of tools out there. And in my book, I've got an entire chapter. Uh, this is the, the Dow of Twitter book. I've got an entire chapter dedicated to how do you find relevant, targeted people to follow on Twitter. So they don't have to follow you back. You can start to build your audience you know, yourself and you can start to learn from these people and connect with these people. And then as you said, just a comment here and there. And I, I think there's a, a, a great power in this thing called the ability to retweet. Retweet simply means you reshare someone else's content that they posted on their tweet. And when you do that, it does a couple amazing things. First of all, it's like saying thank you. It's like saying good job. I appreciate this content. 
and um, and now you are on their radar screen. Um, it's also a way of uh, if you do a good job surrounding yourself with a relevant and targeted audience, they're going to be providing great content for you. And so you're going to be now creating value also for your uh, audience through the content of others. And after you retweet someone a couple of times and you make a, a, an authentic attempt to engage with them, they're going to notice you. Absolutely. It's like, it's like giving you. micro gifts almost to that person. It's like, it's, yeah. It's like, who is this person? This, I mean, they keep showing up on my Twitter stream. I'm going to click on their bio. I'm going to find out more about them. Hey, I think I'll follow this person back. Maybe we can get something going. So it, it's a wonderful way to build, you know, to build your audience, to build your network, to build your connections. It's networking on steroids. Mark, one of the cool things that, um, you know, we're a publication at Social Media Examiner and we've been, you know, reliant on people tweeting our content for a long time. And gosh, it must have been about a year ago when Twitter enhanced the retweet um, capabilities and you have to kind of update your plugins to be able to support this where it's smart enough to know whether like Joe Smith, who just tweeted something from our site, is not following us. What do they call it? Recommended follower or something like that? Can yeah. you explain what that is? Well, great point, Mike. You know, there there are lots of little things on Twitter that can help you learn about new people to connect with. And that's certainly one of them. These the recommended followers, it's not perfect. <laughs> because I mean every once in a while, like Kim Kardashian you know, oh, I, I didn't mean that kind. What I meant, Mark, is like, for example, there's there's code. No, no, wait a minute. You have something against Kim Kardashian, Mike? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Rec I wasn't talking about the recommended followers. I was talking about like there's some code in the retweet button where you can say after someone retweets your content, if they don't, it's smart enough to know whether they follow you or not. And if they don't follow you, it says, "Would you like to follow?" For example, Mark Schaefer. And that's just a cool thing that I think people can, you know, because a lot of times it's content that draws people in, for example, at your blog, right? At businessesgrow.com. Mm -hmm. And you can grow a loyal following with Twitter just by making sure you have your Twitter widgets or whatever you call it updated so that it will automatically recommend if you're not already following that person to follow that person after you've retweeted it. It's almost like an upsell in, in using marketing terminology. You know, and I, I, and I, do that a, I do that a lot. And a question, a common question I get related to that, Mike, is what is the strategy to follow people back? Hmm. And you know, so when you see that someone's not following you, uh, you know, if someone's retweeting my content and they're trying to make a connection with me, I think that's an honor. And I, my policy is I, I follow them back because you never know where it's going to lead. And the beautiful thing about Twitter and social media in general is you can make it into anything you want. There are no rules. But um, just you know, my, the strategy that I follow is that if you're a legitimate person, if you're not a spam bot or an empty account, if you're a real person trying to connect with me, I'm going to follow you back because that is the real value of Twitter is the networking. There's a lot of really cool tools out there. Uh, what's great about Twitter is it's got all this open data. What are some of your favorite Twitter tools, Mark, that you're using these days and why? 
you know, I got to be careful about that because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because <laughs> there are so many great tools out there. But um, the, 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 the big one that I use is Hootsuite. Once you get above 200 or so people that you're following, you're in a danger zone. Uh, it can, Twitter bec can become an unmanageable wall of noise. And so you need some help. One of the best things to do is to segment your Twitter followers into lists. So I have a list of um, my customers. I have a list of my teachers, the people who are on the social web who I don't want to miss anything they say because I learn from them. And by the way, you're on that list. Thank you, sir. And then, you know, I've got lists of people that are my friends here in the community because I want to know what's going on in my hometown. <laughs> so Hootsuite is a great way to segment these lists. And, and, and it does, it's, it's a very, very powerful platform. There's a free version. There's a pro version that's, I think, six bucks a month or something like that. But there are, you know, there are lots of good platforms like that out there. Another one that I use... Um, I've tried a couple around um, helping me to manage my account, uh, which is uh, the one I use is man. It's called Manage Flitter, and this will help. It, it's pretty amazing, actually. It can help find people who. It can help identify who are the spammers that are following you. And I get rid of them. I mean, I block them. I don't want any. I don't want any part of it. And uh, so that's a useful thing. It'll also uh, help you find people that, who are inactive. Uh, they haven't been tweeting for maybe a couple months. You, so you got to think, well, gosh, you know, is, is something wrong with these people? Uh, should I reach out to them maybe? Or maybe they're just not interested in using social media anymore. And, you know, maybe you need to unfollow them or something. So it, it, it provides lots of useful little insights into your Twitter followers. So those are two that I use quite a bit. Let's talk a little bit about customer service because there is this whole service side, which isn't really a super far cry from marketing. I'd like to share a little story. Um, I was turned on to TweetBot, which is this uh, app that you can get on your smartphone and you can now get them on your desktop, at least on the Mac. I think they probably have it on Windows. But what's interesting about TweetBot is it allows you to filter um, your stream in a way that's kind of unique. So for example, in our case, we have, uh, two different Twitter accounts. One is mostly a broadcast only account for our new, uh, articles, which has got a lot more followers. And, but that's the one that people complain to too. And because we get like an average of more than a thousand retweets a day, it was a very noisy account and it was almost impossible for us to manage. Um, so with TweetBot, you can set up these little filters, like for example, don't show anything that has a retweet in it. Don't show anything that has uh, that uses an app. That's yeah. one of those kind of like you know, check out my daily whatever you know, and, and it's got all these people in it. It filters all that out so that what's left is just the pure stuff. And I started managing this on my iPhone, and I started recognizing stuff. Like I got a tweet from a guy that said, "You're not going to believe this, but you've got a screenshot with something racist in it." And if I wasn't managing the account, I would have never seen that. And luckily, we were able to see it was a screenshot of a Google search result. And one of the things in there was completely questionable, so we were able to edit it. So what do you want to say to people listening right now when it comes to monitoring and maybe even servicing people that have maybe lots of you know, 
you know, maybe we're talking more to brands, but that have lots of followers and maybe should be monitoring to, to, to try to catch the noise before it becomes a big problem. Well, you know, this is a big topic. It's a very important area right now. And of course, a lot of the biggest brands literally um, have war rooms. I mean, they have screens around the room where they're able to follow and monitor their social media activity all around the world. And uh, some of the monitoring tools are very expensive and very sophisticated. Uh, It can um, sift and sort uh, the tweets and other social media content in many different ways. And um, this is becoming a, a very important uh, aspect for companies to, to address because one of the most popular activities is complaining. And so there are conversations going on out there around you and your products and your services. And it's kind of like the new 800 number. I mean, people are picking up Twitter to complain. And uh, if you're not there to answer on the other end, uh, it could hurt your uh, reputation. And there's new uh, research. I'm involved with uh, Tom Webster on this project called The Social Habit where we use the resources from Edison Research to do social media research. And one of the amazing statistics that came out in the latest uh, report in September showed that 50% of social media users in America expect a, a reply to their complaint in an hour or less. Wow. And that number is going down. They also they also expect the time the response time response is going down. That's what the you're time, saying. The, the response expectation time is going down. The other thing, Mike, is they expect a response 24 hours a day. Right. So uh, you know this this is an issue I'm currently struggling with with some of my customers that have a call center that might be open nine to five five days a week. How do you make this adjustment? Mm. Because people do have this expectation. This is part of the challenge of becoming a social organization, not just checking a box and doing social media. But we have to be in tune with how are our customers using this? When are they using this? What are the expectations? And then make a business decision. How do we adjust? How do we adapt to these new conditions? Uh, when people can, you know, out of whenever they're angry, when they're right in the middle, right, right at the store, they can get on social media and start uh, ranting. And we have to make, you know, wise judgments about, you know, how much should we react? What, you know, how fast should we react? How much money should we put uh, behind this type of service effort? So there's some big decisions out there to be made. Um, yeah, it's a big deal and it's, it's something that can't be ignored. I mean, just like it would be unheard of to not respond to a customer letter or a customer email, it's becoming that, you know, social response is just as important. Mark, let me switch gears a little bit here and talk about clout. Um, what are your thoughts on clout scores and does an active Twitter identity somehow impact your clout score? Well, clout is, is very Twitter centric. So first, let's step back and say, and, and, and say what really is clout, because there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there, a lot of really 
bad assumptions. And, and in some ways, uh, I like the people of Clout very much, but they've done themselves a disservice with their tagline, um, the standard for influence. Hmm. And that, that makes people – mad because they say, how, how can someone be the standard of influence? They don't know how influential I am at home. They don't know how influential I am at work. And that's true. But this is what clout can do. Clout, and there's also other competitors out there, cred, peer index, opinions, and some others. What they're trying to do is, is determine, are you someone that can create or aggregate content that moves through the web? In other words, can you create buzz? Can you create content that moves and creates a reaction like a, like a tweet or a retweet or clicking on a link? And that may seem kind of simple, but what they're trying to do is insanely complex because now they're trying to also assign what is your topic of influence. When you, when you Mike, when you tweet about blogging, do people go crazy? Do they share it? Do they react to that? When you, you know, tweet something about you know, cats or knitting or basketball, <laughs> whatever you love. Well, you, you know, you did, you did tell me you're a big knitting fan, right? I think <laughs> had some conversation about uh, that. No. Might have been somebody else. Uh, I think it was Jay Bear. I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to get myself into trouble here. Uh, so, so it's very, very powerful and it's very important because how many people, how many jobs now uh, depend on ability to move content on the web, PR, marketing, sales, service, even HR. So um, it, 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 it's not – it doesn't determine how influential you are in the whole world. It's a simple litmus test really, isn't it, right? I mean it, it helps you understand whether someone has some level of influence and whether it's accurate or not is almost irrelevant. That's that, well, that's right. It's, it's a relative indicator like a credit score. You know, credit score doesn't it doesn't can't predict whether you're going to repay your loan or not. You know, it can't predict. Uh, you know, if you're a person that has integrity and is managing their money well, it's an indicator of something. And millions of companies use that indicator very profitably. And I think that's the context where you have to view clout in this thing too. And yeah, I mean, Twitter is very important. Uh, it's it's probably the main component considered in clout, which is also one of its limitations, of course. But yeah, a, a, an effective presence on clout, a consistent presence on, oh, excuse me, on Twitter, will certainly help your clout score. Okay, this next question uh, is related to something you mentioned earlier when you mentioned managed flitter. Um, there's been a, a movement amongst some people that have been in, on Twitter for a while to massively unfollow in order to kind of regain the stream, so to speak. And um, I've been using a tool to clear out what I call the junk followers, um, which includes people like, for example, that haven't been on Twitter in months or people that are using uh, known spam bot apps and and uh, people that maybe don't follow um, anybody or only or are constantly retweeting the same kind of stuff. It's called thetwitcleaner.com, which I think is a lot like Manage Flitter. And um, what are your thoughts about simplifying the Twitter experience? I know there's a lot of a lot of uh, this reciprocity following concept that's been around for a long time, but yet those of us that have been on it for a while are like, okay, if we, do we really want to just do lists or do we want to get pure and only follow people we really care about? What's your philosophy on that? 
Well, I think there's all. I don't think it has to be one or the other. I mean, there's some hybrid uh, approaches as well. And I guess first I would say, uh, I, again, that you know there aren't any rules. You you can you can do it any way that you that you like. I mean, some people. Um, they just look at it as a wall of noise that's that's bothersome. I don't look at it that way. I look at it that here is a group of, of amazing people who, for whatever reason, have expressed some interest in me. And my business uh, partnerships, my business opportunities have come from some very unlikely places. And you just never know how these things are, are going to – how these things are going to happen. So you've got to be, I mean, my strategy is, is to be inclusive. Now, how do you do that effectively? And the way you manage that is through lists. So I've got over 50,000 people who are following me on Twitter. I can't possibly make any sense of that. <laughs> so I focus on my lists. I focus on the people in my streams who I am building relationships with and who are making an attempt. If someone's making an attempt to build a relationship with me, I'll put them on a list so I can I can, you know, at least every day watch a little bit, you know, of 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 what they're doing. Mm. So there are hybrid approaches and I'm not I'm not critical of anybody. I mean, it just depends on your strategy. If you only want to follow five people, more power to you. Uh, you know, my strategy is I want to unleash this as a global networking tool. And to do that, I want to try to be as inclusive as possible. So, I mean, people just have different strategies. I think the unfollowing trend is really um, rather interesting. And I've seen a lot of people doing that where they've got these massive followers and they just say, you know, that's just not working for me anymore. I want to try something else. And that's good for them. At, uh, we have at SM examiner, which is only following five or six people. And those are just the people that were the founding contributors to social media examiner, but it's just a broadcast account unmanaged for the most part. And then I've got my Mike underscore Stelzner account, which I don't know, somewhere around 50,000. Um, but I've, I've scaled it back. I was following like everybody. And now I have someone who um, manages my, my Twitter followers. So literally every week she goes in and looks at all the new followers and then ascertains which ones I should follow back based on, you know, certain criteria. And she uses a tool to be able to do that. But then I do go through and clean it up, um, like every month or so and unfollow, people that are just kind of voided accounts. And I found that the amount of spam direct messages I get have gone down radically. I would imagine ma uh, managed flitter probably has been the same kind of result for you, Mark. Am I right? You know, I've noticed that too. I, I, and you know, I think, I think Twitter is doing a much better job at, at somehow calling out those spammers. I remember when Twitter was first getting hot in the summer of 2009, it almost was obliterated by the spam. I mean, it was just ridiculous, uh, the, just the amount of spam. And I've noticed the same thing as you, Mike, is that has gone way, way down. Um, and I, I think, I think you know, Twitter has done a good job um, over time in improving that. It's really a lesson 
for any startup, for any entrepreneur in this space, you've got to be thinking about this countermeasure. If you start to get popular, how are you going to handle the spam? You because you will get spam. Uh, you know, in 2010, when Quora was getting hot, almost got you know killed by spam. 2011, clout was getting hot, almost got killed by you know people trying to game the system. So, you know, for any startup, for any entrepreneur in the digital space, you've got to be thinking about, can this be gamed? Can this be spammed? And what are we going to do about it if we get, if we get hot? You know, speaking of this uh, growth, Twitter has been getting a lot of flack lately about some of what I call the defensive maneuvers it's been taking. Um, For example, it decided to break up its marriage with LinkedIn or one of the two decided and Instagram as well. And, you know, the open API stuff that has traditionally been what made Twitter so big now is kind of becoming more less open, if you will. What's your thoughts about what's going on with all this? Well, they are they're looking for every opportunity they can to monetize. And, you know, what they're seeing is they they had this open API and all these companies were building wonderful new applications built on their data stream and they were you know they were beginning to monetize now apparently uh and i've read quite a bit about this twitter actually gave the developers about 18 months notice mm. and I, I i think that they just didn't believe it but twitter you know put out a statement about 18 months before they you know said they were going to pull the plug and said look we're giving you warning we're taking out you know we're 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 going to withdraw the availability of our API, which is, of course, is the base data stream that all these wonderful little startups have built their whole business on. And I guess a lot of people just ignored it or didn't understand it or didn't believe it. And then when Twitter finally took the action, you've got a lot of companies that are hurting right now, and a few of them have even taken legal action (coughs) uh, against Twitter. You know, I, I can't say what I would do differently if if I were Twitter. Certainly charge for the API, why not, right? I mean, I'm sure there's some big companies that were acquired as a result of their of Twitter, right? Like Salesforce, I think acquired somebody, I'm forgetting who it is, but there's been a lot of these kind of monitoring companies that are making big bucks off of this, I would imagine. Couldn't they just charge them for access to the API? Well, I think in some cases they do. Um but I but I think they're just looking around and they're they're saying, well why are all these other companies, uh, you know, building these apps that are attached to us? We want, you know, we want a piece of the pie, and they're being very aggressive about it. Uh, last week, they announced something basically to compete with Instagram, and they're saying, you know, we don't want, we're not going to allow Instagram to post pictures on a Twitter anymore. We want people to use our own service and our own photo filters. So, I mean, they are really being aggressive, and I mean, I, you know, I'm not. You know they're not a public company. I'm not privy to their uh, financials, so I mean I, I can't really judge uh, the effectiveness of their tactics or the timing of their tactics. But clearly, they're looking around saying, "Okay, we have worked hard to dominate this space. We've invested a lot in research and technology and service, and now we've got to start monetizing." Um, so. You know, it's it's unfortunately, you know, hurting a lot of people. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, um, 
It is so interesting if you look at Facebook and you look at Twitter, how um, everybody seems to forget that they really are in charge and can make a change in a moment's notice that can have a radical change on the way we market, you know? So uh, Facebook has done this a million times with changing their Facebook page and and now it's happening with Twitter. So um, it's very intriguing. We're in a very... um, uh, changing times, I guess, is is the best way to say it. A um, couple more questions, Mark, then I'm going to wrap things up. I, I did get a question from a gal named Susan or Donna, and she was asking for what for some tips on what's your favorite way to to use Twitter when you're um, you're at an event or you're trying to market an event. Oh yeah, well that's you know that's great, and um, <clears throat> you know I think my advice on that is. Um, I got a, a message a couple of weeks ago from a guy, and he said, um, I'm giving up on Twitter. I'm marketing and marketing and marketing and marketing, and nothing's happening. I'm not getting any traction at all. And my response to him is, the problem is you're marketing and marketing and marketing and marketing. People don't want that. Mm. People are sick of being advertised to. They're sick of being sold to. But if you do a great job over time, patiently, consistently, methodically building an engaged audience that's interested in you, you're not going to have any problem because they're going to support you. you know, so, and they're not going to be surprised when you have an event. They're going to say, oh, great. We've been hearing about this event. We've been reading about this event. You know, we follow this uh, this woman's blog. We've been following her Twitter stream, and so she's just. If you just naturally interact and naturally inform, then people will be attracted to. But if you go on Twitter and you try to sell, 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 advertise, and market, people are going to tune you out. They're gonna they're gonna turn off the stream because they're sick of it. So you know, my advice is to is to is to build a relevant targeted audience. There's a whole chapter in my book that tells you how to do that. Uh, 25 different ideas. And then, you know, over time, build those relationships. So when it's time for you to have an event or you've written a book or you're starting a new business or starting a new service, you're going to be supported. And, and, you know, the marketing is simply just telling people about it. My last question Mark is, has there been any interesting Twitter marketing or techniques that you've come across in the last couple of months where you're like, huh, that's really creative. I think I'm going to experiment with that. Or perhaps you've just noticed some really creative things people are doing. Is there any particular tip or technique that you want to leave us with today? You know, there's one new thing that I think is, is really interesting and it goes against everything I've just been talking about for the last 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, certain businesses are creating entertaining personas. So uh, they're not real people. Uh, So there was like, um, you know, a taco company up in the Pacific Northwest that created like kind of this wise guy taco that would have these funny comments. Uh, there was a high fashion brand, I believe it was DKNY, in uh, New York that had created a persona of a, of a shopper. Uh, 
and she had these experiences and you could follow her shopping experiences in New York, but it was all fake. Huh. And people knew it was fake, but they were telling a story through Twitter. Then the here's the thing that's so interesting. Coca-Cola, which is one of the, you know, wisest and conservative marketers in many ways in the world has created a Twitter account for their founder. <laughs> who's, who's dead. Been, who's dead 150 years. <laughs> and uh, so he has this Twitter account and basically he makes fun of himself. And it's, it's, it's hilarious. Wasn't there one it, for Steve Jobs too where it wasn't really Steve Jobs? Had you ever uh, heard of that one? I'm not sure if that was sanctioned by Steve Jobs or not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but, it, but it's interesting that, that this, is, this is a really interesting uh, nuance. It's almost like uh, entertainment, isn't it? It is. It is. And, 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 and as you know, entertainment is important because as – I mean we're trying to compete in an increasingly information-dense world and it's getting denser by the day. How do we cut through? How do we get our messages heard? Maybe making fun of ourselves, maybe being you know, funny is, an, is a new way to do that. So I, I kind of see this little micro trend uh, that, that took me by surprise. And I think it's uh, very, very interesting and very charming. I, I don't know if it's going to sell more Coca-Cola or not, but it is entertaining. You and- know what's so intriguing about all this, Mark, is that Twitter is like a blank piece of paper, if you think about it. At first glance, you're like, what can you do with this thing? And then when you realize, well, this piece of paper is something that you can do a lot with. You can fold it up. You can make a paper airplane out of it. You can draw on it and make a piece of art out of it. You can write an important letter on it. So it's so interesting to think that Twitter is this tool, if you will, that can be used in so many different capacities. It's quite overwhelming almost, isn't it? It, it, it really is. And that's why I, I hesitate to, to have any real uh, firm uh, rules about it because it can be so adaptable to people's needs, to their strategies, to their personalities. And you keep, there was, uh, I saw an interview, uh, with, uh, one of the founders of Twitter and he had no idea that Twitter could or would become what it is today. It just has far exceeded his vision of a simple communication tool. And people continue to find amazing new ways to, uh, to use it. So, I mean, I'd encourage all of the listeners today that if you're just getting into it uh, and starting to explore social media, uh, really give Twitter a try. If you get confused, you know, I've, I've written this little book that can help you. You can read it in 90 minutes. That's exactly why I read it. I, I, I wrote it. Yeah, why don't you tell folks where they can find the book? You can get it on Amazon. It's, there's a Kindle version as well, and it's also available in a lot of uh, bookstores. It's a small book. It's fun to read. It's got lots of examples and case studies. You can read it in about 90 minutes, and it's actually um, – the best-selling book about Twitter in the world. So that's been very rewarding that I hear from people literally every day uh, thanking me because the book has helped them so much. So if you're confused by hashtags <laughs> and and all the all the you know crazy language of Twitter and you're trying to figure out a strategy for you and your business, I think this would be a good place to start. That's helped a lot of people. So Mark, um, 
Everybody, I definitely recommend you get the Tao of Twitter. Mark, if people want to learn more about you um, beyond just the book, where would you send them? Well, I, I would really love for people to connect with me on, on Twitter. And uh, on Twitter, I'm, at, I'm Mark W. Schaefer, S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R, the, the name no one can spell, which is why I named my website businessesgrow.com because I knew no one could spell Schaefer. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully everyone can spell grow, right? <laughs> I'll grow. That's my blog. Mark Schaefer, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Oh, it's been a great pleasure, Mike. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. Mark knows a lot about Twitter. Definitely be sure to check out his book. And also, if you want to get any of the links that were mentioned in today's show, you can find the links at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 24. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, Would you mind helping us to spread the word? The easiest way to do that is just by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash love, all lowercase. That'll pre-populate a little tweet. You can even do this on a mobile device, and it'll just say that you love the podcast and help share it with your friends. Well, this brings us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. If you love what you've heard, You could really help us out also by giving us a review and a rating on iTunes. And the easiest way to do that is by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. I hope you make absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.